I'd love for you guys to open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Last week, we put a bookmark in our study on the Gospel of Luke. We've been going through the Gospel of Luke since January. We're going to take a little detour, and then we're going to pick back up in January and continue through just studying passage by passage in Luke. But we sense a need here in this season for us as a community to learn more about our gifts, our talents, our strengths, the things that God has placed in our lives for his glory and the good of our neighbor. We're calling these series of talks and the life group studies that go with them, Discovering Your Superpower. It's a, a funny title, but it means like we believe that God has given you gifts and talents and strengths. And most people go through life unaware of what those are or thinking that they're someone that they're not. We don't want that for you. God wants you to know who you are in him and the gifts that he's put in your life uh, for you to live out your calling. Last week, Christina Mora opened up our series talking about these gifts, and she taught us that we all, every person on the entire planet, is made in the image of God. That means that when God created you, he created you intentionally, he created you creatively, he created you with purpose, and he placed aspects of himself in you that we are made to reflect the goodness and the glory and the greatness and majesty of God. You're made in the image of God. That's a Mago day. And she talked to us about how we actually learn what some of those gifts are. She went through a little uh, acronym called SHAPE, and I want to review it with you. It starts with an S. That's your spiritual gifts. That's what we're going to talk about beginning into today. What she focused on was, was H, your heart. What are you passionate about? What wakes you up in the morning other than your kids? If you have kids, what, what gets you really excited that you're just like, man, I just really care about this. Uh, abilities. What are you good at? What's your personality like? And what are the experiences, the life experiences that you've been through? All of those things help us discern, less of a science, more of an art, help us discern the gifts, the talents, the strengths that God has given us. Now, he said many of those are, are given to every person on the entire planet. But as we practice the way of Jesus, uh, we develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, we read in the Bible, part of his role in our life is he gives us new gifts. He takes the gifts that we have and refines them, and then he puts new gifts in our lives, new talents, new strengths that come through walking with Jesus and practicing the way of Jesus. And that's what we're going to spend the next several weeks really diving into are our spiritual gifts. Uh, next week, we're going to cover, or over the next three weeks, we're going to cover the key passages related to these spiritual gifts. So next week, we're going to look at your motivational gifts from Romans 12, 3 through 8. Uh, the motivational gifts are simply a thing that because of the Holy Spirit, you have this new passion, this new motivation, this new thing that you're interested in that you're like, before I knew Jesus, I didn't care anything about that. This is something new. We're going to learn about those. We're going to learn about your ministry gifts. Uh, biblically, the, everyone that's a follower of Jesus has a ministry. It's not just the paid people on staff at a church somewhere or uh, a high and holy people. It's everyone that we all have ministry. We all have a call and we all have something God's put in our life. And, and each of us has ministry gifts that are used to make disciples and to build the church and to bring glory to God's name. So we're going to learn about that on November the 4th. And then November the 11th, we're going to learn about the manifestational gifts from 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. These are kind of the, what we might call the supernatural gifts that show off 
God's power and his goodness and his presence in a moment. Think things like speaking in tongues or prophecy or healing or miracles. All of those things uh, we're going to talk about on November the 11th. And if you'll journey with us through on this study, you'll come out of this, I believe, with a much better picture of the gifts and the talents and the strengths that God's placed in your life, again, for his glory and for the good of our neighbor. Today, we're going to tackle the question that precedes those three weeks, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, who is the Holy Spirit and how do we get him and how do we get those gifts and how does all that work in our lives? And I'm going to turn your attention to Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 13. This is the Apostle Paul teaching the church at Ephesus. Of, he's teaching them about the Holy Spirit and he gives us insight into the question, well, how do I get the Holy Spirit? Right? And he says in verse 13, he says, and you also were included in Christ. Say, in Christ with me. In Christ. Right? When you believe in Jesus, when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you were included in Christ. Okay? So we are in Christ. And he said, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. Now, he's not talking about seal like the circus animal or like the musician. He's talking about seal like old-fashioned, like you would take a wax seal and stamp it on something. He's saying that the Holy Spirit marks our lives. When we believe in Jesus, he marks our lives like a seal. It's one illustration. And then he says it's like a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So then the other idea is that of a deposit, right? If you've bought a house, you know, you put down a down payment. It's a certain amount that you told uh, the bank. You know, I'm going to put this down, you loan me this money, and eventually, in the future, I'm going to pay it back. That's what's going to happen. Put this deposit down to signify this is what I'm going to do, right? And someday in the future, you will actually own your house, not the bank, own your house, right? That's a deposit. That's a down payment. That's what it's talking about here. We're given the Holy Spirit. He is a deposit in our lives, like a down payment that promises what is to come, what God is going to to do, where God is going to take us, right? That's the deposit of the Holy Spirit. Now, we are meant to live with more than just an understanding of the Holy Spirit as a deposit. You receive the Holy Spirit when you believe in Christ, but any of you that are homeowners, you know, you wonder like, how much did I put down on this house again? You don't really think about it, something in the past, and maybe someday you'll pay off your 30-year mortgage, right? You, you understand? It's like, that's in the past. It doesn't really... Right? And for some of us, that's what the Holy Spirit is like. It's like, oh yeah, that, that thing is kind of there, but doesn't really affect me. You know, it's just, I, I don't know, right? Many of us live that way. But there's more for us than living with the Holy Spirit. Just as kind of like, yes, yeah, that down payment and deposit of what's going to come someday. In Ephesians 5, Paul goes on to say that we're not just to live with the Holy Spirit like a deposit. It's that we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. That simply means like unfruitful living. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And that word filled means be filled and keep being being filled, like an ongoing, continual, uh, repeated experience. And when we read through the book of Acts, what we see is these disciples, these followers of Jesus, they have the Holy Spirit in them. And over and over and over again, they have these encounters with the Holy Spirit where fresh waves of power and gifting is poured into their lives. I'm not talking about just a feeling type experience of like a camp high. I'm talking about experiences of God's power filling your life where there's fruit, 
where there's fruit for his glory. As we've seen, Paul says, you get the Holy Spirit when you believe in Jesus, but there's so much more than just having him as a deposit, a down payment that you kind of forgot about. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can be led by the Holy Spirit. We can walk and we can talk with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible lays out for us. So how in the world does all that come together? How do we take that from the idea that the preacher is talking about that I may know to be true in my Bible, but how do I experience that in my life? What does that look like in the life of a person, right? I want to reference you to a talk that I did last fall. It was called His Spirit Fills, and it laid out the theology of the Holy Spirit. So if you're here today and you're like, man, I'm completely new to this, or maybe I slept through that lesson, you know, in Sunday school or whatever. If you'll go back on our iTunes, there's a talk called His Spirit Fills. And I'll walk you through the scriptures on the Holy Spirit. So if you have theological questions, I want to refer you uh, there. Most, uh, I find so many people have practical questions of, okay, well, how does it go from a concept to a something, uh, a part of my relationship with God? And so to focus on that, we're going to do something a little fun today, a little different. We're going to have an interview uh, of what this has looked like in two people who are uh, a dear part of our church, what it's looked like for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think as you hear their story, it's not prescriptive of it has to look this way for you, but it's descriptive. And it's an example of, oh, that, that kind of puts some skin and some color and some, so a picture on what it might look like for you and I to have this type of being filled relationship with the Holy Spirit. So Bob and Suzette, if you guys would come on up. Give Bob and Suzette a hand. I can help you. All right. Well, we did this in the first service. You guys ready for round two? We're ready, Bob and Suzette. We're so thankful for you guys taking time to pour into us. Bob and Suzette are a dear part of our community. They help lead with our training school, and uh, they just have a lot to, to offer to us on this topic. So I'm just thankful for y'all coming and sh- opening up your lives with us. For those of you that don't, uh, for those of us that don't know you, why don't you share with us a little bit about y'all's background, where you're from, your family, what, what you've done vocationally, kind of just give us an insight into who you guys are. I think we got to kick it on. Is this on? There yes. Well, I'm a native Texan. My mother drove to Texas to be sure I was born in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I lived most of my childhood in Texas. I came from a very dysfunctional home. It was pretty crazy at my house, and we had some, uh, some big fights and times of peace, too. But my mother decided that she was going to raise me uh, to be perfect. (laughs) And I was in compliance with that. (laughs) I went to church three times a week, never, ever, 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 ever missed unless I had fever. (laughs) And that um, I grew up in a legalistic background, a legalistic church, which is probably not so legalistic anymore. You know, the spirit has been moving in the last 30 to 40 years, and I'm so thankful for that, but I did not sense the spirit at that time. Mm. I can't even tell you when I was born again because 
I love the Lord all my life. Mm -hmm. I don't remember a time when I didn't. I can tell you when I was baptized Mm -hmm. because that was a big thing in this uh, denomination to be baptized. So, uh, and I felt the spirit when I was baptized too. I went away to college to ACU, and I was there for a semester. Then I decided to go to a school in Missouri, uh, William Joel College, which was a Baptist college. When I left, I actually went to one of my professors to ask for a blessing. Mm. I don't know why. He didn't give it. (laughs) He said, "What are, uh, you're going to a Baptist school, you will have to go to chapel, but you can't sing because they have instrumental music. Mm. And I thought, can't sing? I can't live without singing. So anyway, I went to William Jewell <laughs> College, went to chapel and sang my heart out. Um, But see, the Lord had his hand on me Mm. all of this time. His spirit was in me. I just didn't know much about his spirit. Mm. There I met Bob, the love of my life, the rock in our marriage. He has been so good for me. I I do things kind of off the cuff. I'm very exuberant. I am impulsive. God, uh, Bob is not. Bob is, is very thoughtful. In my explosions of saying things I shouldn't say, Bob would say, Suzette, we're not going to talk to each other that way. <laughs> and I said, okay, okay, I'll try. <laughs> We, he was in the Marine Corps, so we had quite an adventure. He was an officer, and I was an officer's wife, and I really loved it. We did go through a year of separation when he was overseas. Uh, we had some trials in our lives, but not real big ones. Um, then we ended up in San Diego. Uh, he worked for EDS, Ross Perot, and... I'll let Bob talk now. Hmm. Well, uh, we had a uh, uh, military move coming, and uh, we had hoped to go to Atlanta, uh, and but we got sent to San Diego, and we were kind of crazy to not recognize the blessing of living in San Diego. But we started there in the winter, and we were just uh, pretty sad about the whole... San Diego thing. The spring came and everything changed. It ended up being beautiful as you have probably heard of uh, San Diego. But at about the same time, uh, my company came to me and said, well, we know you wanted to go to Atlanta, so now we can move you to Atlanta. And there was really no denying uh, that uh, we were going to do that. So, and they said, we need you over there right away. So I headed for Atlanta, and I never went back to San Diego. Mm. So I gave Suzette a call and said, uh, uh, they really can't do without me right now. So uh, there are a few things I want you to do. I'd like you to get the house on the market. I'd like you to get ready for the relocation. The movers will come 
to do packing on such and such a date. Uh, you need to turn in the lease car. And uh, you and our daughter Michelle need to get ready to uh, head for Atlanta. See you when you get here, kind of thing. I wasn't quite that lighthearted, but it was close. And she reminded me that that was a one-time thing. Uh, after it was all over, she said, you got, you got the one time uh, <laughs> to do it that way. But uh, we uh, moved over uh, to Atlanta, and uh, we moved around a lot uh, after that. Uh, ended up back here in Dallas. All roads for native Texans usually lead back to Dallas, and I came back to Dallas with EDS. And uh, it wasn't... Uh, a real long time after getting back to Dallas that uh, Suzette's mother, uh, who's a wonderful person, Violet uh, is her name, and uh, she was diagnosed with uh, ovarian cancer. And the uh, prognosis was not good, the news was not good. Uh, so I'll let her uh, tell you a little bit about that. Well, first of all, I want to tell you about this instant incident that he was referring to in San Diego. Um, we had been in the military. I was used to being told what to do. I, I just did everything I was supposed to. I also loved adventure. So if we were going to move to Atlanta, that was another adventure. That would be fine. But doing it all by myself was, uh, was kind of hard. I was young, I had a two-year-old. One night after the movers had come and filled the house with boxes and, and Michelle was asleep in her little crib and I was, the, all the lights were out, I was in a room by myself and I just realized this was overwhelming. And I called out to the Lord and I said, Lord, I can't do this by myself. This is hard. I said goodbye to all of our friends. We had lived there two and a half years, went to church three times a week. We had lots of friends. I had to say goodbye to them. They gave a party, and Bob wasn't there. <laughs> so I called out to the Lord in the darkness, and he came into the room. His presence was there, and it was heavy. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know he did things like that. I, I really said, this is scary, and I would like for you to go away. <laughs> and he did. Obviously, he did not go away from me. His presence left that room. And I recalled it for the next seven years. I didn't know what, it, what to do about it, but during those seven years, I could see a change in me, a more hunger for the things of the Lord, and wanting to know what is out there that I don't know about. There was a book that came out uh, by Hal Lindsey during that time. It was called Satan is Alive and Well. That was in the early 70s. I read that book from cover to cover very quickly because I was enthralled that the enemy has power and it's real. And I thought, well, he can't have more power than God. So I began to believe in more power from God. Mm. 
Then Hal Lindsey came out with a second book called Late Great Planet Earth. And it began to remind me of what may be coming. So I, I mulled all these things in my heart. And seven years later, here we were in Dallas, and we had word that my mother was dying which was very scary to me. She had ovarian cancer. I don't know how many of you all are aware of the problems in ovarian cancer. It's very hard to detect. By the time they detect it, they really can't stop it. The doctors were very brutal in the way they explained it to us, that she would die there was no chance she was going to live, and it would be an awful death. Now, we had been through problems in our lives before, but we hadn't been through this one. My mother was alone. Uh, she was 64, way younger than me. And I, now, <laughs> and she was desperate. I was, I was the one she was clinging to, and I couldn't handle it. It's like, what, what do I do now? What, how do I carry this? And my friends at church honestly didn't know either. I was at the Ponderosa Hotel in Temple, Texas. My mother was in Scott and White. They had, they, she had had surgery. They couldn't get it all. It was kind of everywhere. So she had the news. She was depressed. But her friend, Ira, showed up. And Ira was in the same church as mother. And Ira started talking to Bob and me. We were both there together. And Ira said, I want you, Bob and Susie, I want you to go to the cafeteria with me and bring your Bibles. And so we did. And she started opening up the scriptures that I had never read before, or if I had, they did not seek in. Now, coming from my background, I knew all of the scriptures on baptism, because baptism was a, a big, big deal with us. So I had memorized as a little girl, Mark 16, 15, and 16. And in that verse... It is, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And everyone who believes and is baptized shall be saved. So baptized was the big word with us. But I had never read verse 17. We didn't memorize that one. It says, and these signs shall accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. Now, I have never done that, and I don't intend to. <laughs> but that the end of it says, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That is a heavy verse. Oh, my goodness. I just, you know, my mind was, was whirling. And Bob and I were just thinking, oh my goodness, this verse is powerful. And then there was another verse that she kept 
quoting to us. It was Acts 19 and verse 2. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And then on down, it says that... Um, that they were that they received the Holy Spirit at that point, and and so I knew that uh, some about the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know a whole lot about the Holy Spirit, and that began the 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 thing in my heart that was burning, like on the road to Emmaus, that. The, the Lord was opening up the scriptures, and my heart was burning within me. So Bob went back to, te, uh, back to Dallas, and I was in um, Temple by myself. I was staying at the Ponderosa, and I, I fell on my face that night, and I said, God, I don't think I can go through this without more power. And I believe you have more power. So I just felt the Lord coming into that room, and I did not say, go away. I said, keep coming, keep coming. I love this. It was like electricity going through my body. And all night long, all night long, there were waves of that going through my body. And I knew it was God. And I knew that I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So she called me and said, uh, I've got something to tell you. <clears throat> I had no idea what she was about to say. Uh, and I said, well, so what is it? And she said, I think I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, kind of like Ira was showing us in the Bible. And I could almost see her kind of like that. And I thought, that is great. I'm feeling the same urge that that is possible today and that it is happening. Mm. And so uh, I think from her experience at the Ponderosa, my very different experience, uh, in the days to follow, uh, there was a real uh, unity, graciousness from God uh, to give us some unity as we started really a brand new chapter in our spiritual life. And uh, Well, then, on a Wednesday night, a friend of ours, who had been acting a little unusual all this time, she just acted like she had more of God than I did. So I said to her, what's going on in you? And she says, well, why are you asking? Uh, because we were still in this church and she didn't want any rumors started. And I said, because you act like you have more of the power of the Holy Spirit. And she says, well, I'll tell you a secret. I go to the Assembly of God on Wednesday night. <laughs> Do you want to come? And I said... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So Bob and I jumped in the car with her on a Wednesday night. We went to Lakewood Assembly of God, where the Holy Spirit was really on the move. I walked in those doors, and I heard the music playing. I came from no instruments. 
I heard the, the instruments playing. I heard the people singing. Their arms were lifted up, and I felt like a fish in water. I had come from a dry land, and this was so wonderful to me. I lifted my hands, and I sang Psalm 150, let Everything that has praise, praise the Lord. Let all the cymbals and let all the dance and let all the trumpets. And I thought, Lord, isn't this great that they would be singing this song when I came in the doors and the pastor was up at front at the end of the service and people were going up and all of a sudden they were falling down. And I said to the lady next to me, I said, what is going on? And she said, well, he's, playing, he's praying for the sick. And when he lays hands on them, they fall in the spirit. And I said, well, me too. And I, I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. I ran up there, and I, I, I don't even know what I told him to pray for. I probably just said, I'm sick. <laughs> but he laid his hand on me, and I fell in the spirit. Mm. And I just can't tell you how wonderful all that was. It was just like, God, you are so real. Mm. This is so great. Wow. I think uh, the fact that both uh, Suzette and I came, we came from different uh, church backgrounds, but the backgrounds of both churches that we came from uh, placed a tremendous, you bet your life, stake on the veracity of God's word. Mm -hmm. And so while this was going on, uh, I was beginning to uh, renew, or actually for the first time, uh, see all the scriptures that had been cut and pasted out of my religious background. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, I, as, I, as that fuller picture, fuller gospel, uh, really came into focus for me, I began to really make a commitment to follow hard after the Lord on this thing called uh, the filling of the Holy Spirit. And so while Suzette was uh, passing out up in front, uh, I was in every service and we were doing, you know, three, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, sometimes other nights. Uh, but every time we convened, it was like I was uh, back in track and that I had starters <laughs> blocks, and I was on the end of the pew, and every time Pastor Fjordbach would say, okay, well, we're at the point, if anybody here would like to uh, come down and have us pray for you to be filled in the Spirit, I want you to come down. Well, he didn't finish his last word before I sprinted down there, and I, didn't, I don't know how many times I did that, and, uh, but one night there were three ladies waiting for me uh, down in front, uh, three good assembly of lady, assembly of God ladies, and I just uh, figured I was falling into the hands of those three blue-haired ladies. And that was before blue was popular. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they gathered about me and prayed and prayed and prayed, and I was filled with the Spirit down there mm. that evening. I, 
I actually thought I wasn't going to get out alive anyway. <laughs> uh, but I left more alive than I had ever been well. uh, as a result of that. So what did that uh, kind of filling with the Holy Spirit and then the subsequent things that happened, how did that uh, change what you were facing and the trials you would face? Well, as I said, we had trials. Um, our apartment burned down right after we got married. Our little girl had to have surgery on her leg. And, and then at one point, um, she had ITP. We had to go to the doctor a whole lot. But um, the Lord's trials were, were smaller then. And after we were filled with the Spirit, it's like we, we started facing bigger trials. Mm. You know, we, I always wanted a perfect life, just like you do. I wanted everything to look good. I wanted the great job. I wanted the cars, the house, the, the dog, the kids. I, I wanted everything to be perfect. And I wanted to be obedient to the Lord, too. But after, after my mother uh, went through this... It was that most joyous time of our life mm. and the most hurtful time of our life at the same time. And I think it was because of my desperation, our desperation, really, that we, we came to the Lord that way, giving up self and saying, I can't do this. I cannot handle this. And, and now we live in an age where I don't know how anybody can handle it. Mm. There's so many things going on. And, and in our lives, we've been through great trials in our family. I mean, not between Bob and me, but in our kids, in our um, in-laws. And we've been through some really great trials. And the death of our grandson, and it's the Holy Spirit in our lives that builds us up and allows us to, to take that battle on when we cannot do it ourselves. And we battle against darkness. There's such darkness in the world right now, and we are the light. And to keep that light shining, we need that filling. Mm. And as I was praying for someone earlier, I, she wants more and more of the Lord. And I said, be sure to be faithful in the little things. And he will give you more. If he has given you little faith, use that faith. And he will give you bigger faith. If you want more of the Spirit, pour out what he has filled you with. And he will give you more. There's, there's an unlimited amount. And we have to battle the unseen powers in this world. We have to battle what other gods are doing. They have power, and they are working their power. But we serve the God Most High, mm. the one that is above all. There is no comparing. Mm. He is great and mighty. Mm. I think what came out of me, uh, for me, uh, was this all happened because of the grace of God. Mm. You know, we were at the end of our rope and our rope was awfully short. Mm. And uh, thank God he was there uh, to catch us. Mm. And, uh, it, and it was pure grace on his part. It wasn't because I was reading the scriptures like I should. 
uh, it wasn't because uh, I had a particular kind of uh, baptism. It wasn't because I was right all the time in tithing. Uh, it wasn't because my thoughts didn't wonder where they shouldn't go from time to time. But uh, being filled with the Spirit was a pure work of grace mm. on God's part. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think people think, I really got to clean up my life before I seek uh, and can expect to get God's grace uh, in terms of being baptized in the Holy Spirit or having gifts. And the answer is that's just a lie mm. from the father of lies. Mm. It's all about his grace, and it's all about our response to his grace. Mm. It's not because we get ourselves all cleaned up, mm. and so we're in a position uh, for God to bless us with a uh, refilling, an indwelling, or any kind of uh, interaction with his spirit. Mm. So awesome. So I think that for everyone here, you're hearing the foundation for the gifts that we're going to study about in the next couple of weeks is this relationship with the Holy Spirit. So Bob and Suzette, some things that I've taken away from what you guys have shared is, number one, this was a, a multi-year process. So it wasn't Overnight, it just all came together, and, and that was that. But it was a, a years of hunger and pursuing God and coming down to the altar again and again and again. That's one thing that I heard. And the second thing that I heard was that it was out of your surrender that, that you experienced more of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe God had more of you, or however that works. But there was surrender and there was hunger. What other advice would you give to our church just as we're pursuing being a people filled with the Spirit, what advice would you give to us that we might could apply if that's something that we're hungry for? Well, I would say, for one thing, don't overthink it. We want everything to be logical in our minds so that we can understand it. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit, is a mystery. God is full of mysteries, uh, like speaking in tongues, the gift of prophecy. All of those are mysteries. And we, we, we tend to overthink everything. And uh, to me, it was just giving him everything that I am and saying, God, I am at this level here, and just fill me as you will. And I give up myself. What would you say? Don't be scared. <laughs> just, just don't be scared. There's no fear. And yeah. uh, following hard after the Lord uh, to uh, receive his graceful filling of the Spirit in our lives. So don't be scared. Go hard after it. We live in a world full of distractions. Quiet time is uh, so important. Um, so I guess, uh, uh, and, and never separate your thinking about this from the scriptures uh, because you hear lots of crazy things, uh, how-tos, uh, and there's really, there's really something so much more complex and nuanced uh, about the how-to related to the filling of the Holy Spirit and uh, the uh, uh, distribution of his gifts, however he wants to do it. 
than any how-to book uh, that you'll read. There are people who have some good suggestions, but uh, sticking with the scriptures, compare everything uh, that happens to you in pursuing the Lord with, uh, with the Holy Scriptures. Well, thank you all so much. Can you give these guys a hand? We really appreciate you all pouring into us. Love you all. Um, as, as we close, we're going to have a time of ministry time after the service. We also have our filled encounter night tonight. If you're like, man, I, this is something that I'm just, I'm hungry for. Come back tonight. I want to share a few uh, words from our prayer and prophetic team just to set up our ministry time. Uh, the first one was a sense of, of someone, uh, a strong man being bound with a tiny string. And the strong man was held captive more by his mind than his circumstance. And that God wants to give mental breakthroughs today uh, that would allow you to step into the person that you're called to be. And then another picture of a small circumstance casting a huge shadow. And God wants to move the source of light so someone can see the circumstance the way that God does. The shadow is not an accurate representation of what is going on. So if either of those apply to you or you're just hungry for more of the power of God, I'd love to invite you to come forward after the service. Our prayer and prophetic team will be praying for people. But for all of us, Bob and Suzette, would you pray for us as we kind of head out into our week? A stand, church. Father, we come to you in humility, giving up our, our narcissistic personalities. We, we give to you our, our spirit, our minds, our bodies, and ask you, Lord, to fill us, fill us with your spirit. Give us a hunger and a thirst for you. If we don't have one now, Lord, we just ask you to put that in our hearts and minds that we just want more and more of you. And Lord, fill us today in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you as you go into your week. And again, we'll see you tonight at the filled service.